The Black Doctors Podcast highlights the stories of minority professionals with the goal of inspiring others. Season 2 provides more episodes and features a wider variety of professions. If you like what you hear, please subscribe and share with others, because the next generation can't be what they don't see. Tune in every Monday to hear our stories told by us. Welcome back to the Black Doctors Podcast. I'm Steven, your host. Today we're joined with Drs. Dominique and Shannon Chapman. They're both dentists and they practice in Maryland. Thank you so much for joining us. Thank you for having us. Yeah, thanks for having us, Stephen. We've known each other for a while now, six years since we left Howard University. You guys were at the School of Dentistry. I was at the School of Medicine. So it's been great to watch each other's careers progress. And, and I'm so glad we're able to reconnect, uh, even if it's uh, over the phone. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, especially with what's going on, you know, it's good to have these different uh, mediums that we can catch up. So, yeah, absolutely. This is this is this is exciting. So, Shannon and, and Dominique, you guys are both dentists. What do you love about your current practice? Tell us what is a typical day like for you. Um, things that we absolutely love about our practice um, right now as associates, we don't have to worry about some of the. Um, managerial things, the behind the scenes things. We come in, um, we do our dentistry, we take care of our patients, and then we can go home. A typical day for us starts at 7 a.m. We start seeing patients as soon as we get to the office. Um, We have a half hour for lunch, and then we see patients until five o'clock. That's pretty much it. That's one of the biggest, uh, I think, joys about being an associate dentist is you just kind of show up and you do dentistry, you meet patients, you laugh with patients, and then uh, you go home. <laughs> you, you don't have to worry about, you know, fighting insurance claims or payroll or, payroll or di- disciplining staff. Uh, now, now some associates, they get pretty involved in the, in the office, but because we're working towards building our own thing, we're not really, you know, too involved in, in our current office that we're working in right now. We just go in there and try to do the best dentistry that we can. And then Go home and have some dinner. And and how big is the <laughs> office you? How big is the office you're working out of currently? How many dentists and um, hygienists are there, and chairs even? Um, so the office we're working in currently has ten chairs. We have three hygienists, and uh, we have two doctors on staff per day. Um, Dominic and I work four days at the office, and then we're off on Wednesdays. Um, on those days, we have a pediatric dentist come in, and then uh, there's another provider who comes in on Wednesdays. Yeah, and and I'll just yeah I'll just add to that a little bit. So we we work in kind of a, a group DSO. practice setting. It's called a, a DSO, which means that there's like multiple offices in multiple locations. So right now they have a total of six six offices, six offices and and we work out of one. Okay. So it sounds like it's mostly the two of you that work out of there, except for Wednesdays. Right. Correct. So we're um, we're we work together as well, which is it's nice, but uh, it wasn't always like that. Like we we worked at the same company, but we worked at different offices at 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 the start, and then uh, the office that Shannon was working at actually burned down, and she ended up starting to work at at, at my office. <laughs> yeah. So so what don't you like about your coworkers? Uh, I'm just kidding. <laughs> Um, how much time we got? No, no, no. 
don't think you're going to listen to this podcast. So, we got- <laughs> uh, so as dentists, what exactly do you guys do? Because I know you, I go in, you know, somebody, sometimes they, the hygienist, I think, clean my teeth. And then you guys come yeah. in and like you poke my gums and you poke. What 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 do you guys do? Yeah, that, that's pretty much it. No, no, <laughs> we, we, we do some more things. Shannon, you want to take this one? Sure. As general dentists, we do hygiene checks uh, that you were talking about. We also do fillings, crowns, root canals, um, crown and bridge, dentures, extractions, um, implants, implants. Mm-hmm. anything that's a little too complicated or advanced for uh, a general dentist, we would refer out to a specialist. Mm-hmm. We love our specialists. Yeah, absolutely. Steven, it's funny you say that because my uh, my cousin thinks the same thing. So, I mean, I guess we were, we're kind of less unfortunate not to need a lot of dental work growing up, right? Mm-hmm. So my, um, my, my cousin swears that we just kind of walk in and poke around gums and, and push on your teeth and then that's it. Like, that's all we do. And I, I think it's, I think it's funny because like different people have different experiences and if you're you know, fortunate not to have a lot of dental work done, then that's kind of the perception of what a dentist is. But in reality, you know, you do a, a good amount of things, um, full spectrum. As a general dentist, you can do pretty much a full spectrum of, uh, of services. Uh, and then the, the more complicated things, as Shannon was saying, uh, we'd refer to specialists. So there's a wide, wide range of things you can do. That's why I kind of uh, decided to go the general route because we can kind of focus on what we like and refer out things we know yeah i think i mean I, i'm an anesthesiologist right so nobody really knows what i do either i just put people to sleep yeah i think i think you guys read books right is that what, is that yeah what something, something like that and hold it hold a chair down i think my patients they always yeah. say uh oh you get paid to put me to sleep and i'm like well i don't get paid unless you wake up there you go yeah no man i we have mad respect for for, for what you do because we did um oral rotations in, in residency mm-hmm. and yeah man kudos to you it just seems like it's so chill and then a bell will go off and you guys are like in Everyone's warp speed hyper action. speed <laughs> and yeah i mean <laughs> like, i don't know i i couldn't do it but that's awesome that you do it <laughs> how often should people be going to see you guys um at minimum at least twice a year um usually six months apart sometimes a little more often if you have periodontal disease or um, if you have treatment that needs to be completed. Yeah, I I have never heard that. Which one, the six months? Yeah, I, I, I was lucky. I'm lucky if I go once a year. Okay, well, surprise. Yeah, <laughs> now we know. You heard it here first. Um, yeah. What else? I got to get all my, my, my questions out for, for, for the dentist. And then you guys take x-rays every couple of years? So we like to have uh, updated x-rays at least once a year. And those are, those would just be routine x-rays, but if there's a, an acute problem going on or emergency, then we'll take like x-rays as needed throughout the year. Yeah. And as part of your current practice, do you take any sort of call? Uh, well, if they have an emergency yeah. after hours. Yeah. They'll call. The they'll call. Maybe they need an antibiotic called in, but we very rarely have to go into the office like during the weekend or during off hours. So it is 2020. It's the middle of the summer. The COVID-19 pandemic is upon us. How has that affected your practice? Uh, yeah, so b- before it hit, you know, we were seeing news um, from other countries, you know, like uh, China and seeing how it was affecting them. And I think we were in a little bit of denial as a company that it was going to 
you know, affect the state the same it was affecting other areas. So things were happening pretty quickly. Like it seemed like every day we were getting updated information of things to do, things, things not to do. Um, and it was around March. That's when I think our company decided to, to close down. Right. So in, um, in March, it may have been like a Monday we were talking about closing. And then on the Wednesday we ended up close, the company ended up closing three offices, no, four offices. Mm-hmm. Yeah, our company closed four offices and consolidated like emergency only treatment into two offices. Um, and myself and Shannon were uh, working one week on, two weeks off, uh, just seeing emergencies. And then that lasted for about two months. Right. Um, so there were different providers that were seeing emergencies yeah. every week. And I guess they built in the two weeks just in case someone needed to quarantine. Yeah. So that you could come back to work. And then we did that for two months. Uh, we got back to work around, what would you say? Eight. Middle of May. Middle of May? Yep. Got back to work around middle of May. It was interesting mm-hmm. though, because even though, even when we were just seeing emergencies, like we thought it was going to slow down and, you know, patients are going to be a little scared to come in because of, you know, rightfully so, the uncertainty and everything that was going on. But I mean, if 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 you, if you have dental pain, I mean you can't really um, neglect it. You, you you can't you can't you can't run from it. So we were still busy even though we were just seeing emergencies. Wow. Um, the, the the reason why we the, the company closed those offices was because they they thought that we couldn't control um, like proper infection control protocols in the smaller offices, mm-hmm. and we'd be able to limit the flow of patients a little bit better in the smaller offices. So a lot of the bigger offices closed and um, we had just the smaller ones open. And then I guess, was it from the American Dental Association or like the the updated guidelines and how to protect dentists and and hygienists and staff? Yeah, so there was um, some guidelines that that came out um, and they were basically saying leave a certain amount of time uh, between patients, uh, don't have, you know, uh, more than the don't have excess patients in your office. Right. So you're um, only allowed to have 10 people in the office at any given yeah. time, including staff, the provider, and patients. Um, so we were asking patients to wait in their cars. They could come in to check in, and then they had to wait outside if um, they were early. Yeah. Um, and th- those are the biggest guidelines. The, 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 the guideline with like waiting a certain amount of time or having uh, proper space between patients. I think that's what really kind of slowed us down. Other than that, like patients were coming in, but we were the ones that were saying, you know, we we have to increase the length of appointment times and we couldn't have more than a certain amount of people in the office. And so. the ADA also imposed restrictions on the kind of procedures that we could do. Initially, uh, we weren't only supposed to be seeing emergencies and you couldn't provide any kind of procedure or service that would produce aerosols, which is mm. our everything job. We do. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You could take x-rays, you could extract teeth, um, and that Pres- was, prescribe, you could prescribe antibiotics, antibiotics and that was about it. Yeah. Wow. Well, I think, uh, you know, time will tell as we continue to weather this storm and, and see what this pandemic brings us as, you know, hot spots are flaring around the country and some places are cooling off. Um, but yeah, you know who knows. Fortunately, it sounds like you guys have, have done okay throughout this pandemic. Um, yeah, we you can only you know try to be as safe as you can. 
Um, I mean, with, with our profession, there's inherent risks just, just naturally, just because of what we do. Um, you know, with aerosols flying around, being exposed to, you know, blood and saliva and all that. So you just take the proper precautions, wear the proper PPE. Uh, we feel that now this is like the safest we've ever felt practicing dentistry because of the um, different things we're wearing now. So we wear like a, a face visor now, and I've never worn a face visor before. I just have like my loops on and my glasses. Mm-hmm. Uh, I wear I wear a surgical cap now, so I feel like I feel really cool. <laughs> <laughs> and then we have um. Uh, well, we have the N95. Yeah, N95, which is like big. Over it, we yeah. have disposable gowns. Um. Yeah. Good, good. I'm glad you guys are taking all those precautions. Yeah. So, for both of you, when did you first decide to go into dentistry? Um, I decided to go into dentistry because my younger sister had a lot of dental issues with her front teeth growing up. She had an accident as a baby, and it um, kind of changed the way that her adult teeth developed. So she's had a lot of issues with her two front teeth, and that got me interested in dentistry. Um, And then also the fact that our family dentist and our orthodontist were Howard graduates, I kind of saw that it was possible for me to be in that position. So I never felt like it wasn't something that was attainable. And I went for it and it, it worked out. And where'd you go to undergrad, Shannon? Um, I attended the University of Central Florida. Go Knights. <laughs> UCF. Yeah, I forgot. We actually had a mutual friend or two because I was at University of South Florida for a year. Um, yeah, yes, I, I forgot about that. Yep. Um, so from UCF to Howard Dental. Yes. And any struggles or, or things that you wish you'd known during the application process or, or how did that go for you? I think uh, I took my admissions test twice. I didn't like the initial score and I think that was smart. I don't think if you're not happy with your score, take the test again. If you have to apply the next cycle, I mean, it'll still be waiting there for you if you feel like you'll be a stronger applicant if you take the test again. With the dental school admissions test, uh, if you take it twice, are the results combined together or looked at separately? How does that work? The results are looked at separately. I don't know 100%. I think they're looked at separately, but I don't know if they see like you've taken it multiple times. I'm not sure. I Well, at least during the interviews that I went on at multiple yeah. schools, no one said anything about the fact that I took the, t- the test twice. There you go. And then uh, for you, Dominic, when did you first decide to pursue dentistry? Well, for me, it was when I was uh, a kid as well. Uh, both me and my sister had braces. My sister's teeth were a little more jacked up than mine. Oh and <laughs> she, needed a, she needed this expander that kind of goes in the roof of your mouth. And there's this key that you use to turn it every like day or every other day to widen your jaw so that the teeth can fit together properly. So, you know, I was a kid, like, I don't know, six years old, probably not recommended that you're supposed to do it. But yeah, I would, I would turn the key for her. So I thought, you know, I thought I was big stuff back then. <laughs> and I just always kind of, uh, I just kind of fell in love with the concept of, you know, working on teeth, I guess, which evolved into uh, becoming an orthodontist. And then when I, you know, 
got to Howard and went through school, I realized that I wanted to be a general dentist and not a specialist. It, how old were you when you were working on your sister's teeth? I must have been young because this is like I was in grade like six. So you were five, 11 six? or 12. Is that, is that the age you are? Yeah. Five or six. Okay. I'm terrible at that. Yeah. I was in grade probably six. Yeah. Wow. Mm-hmm. And then where did you go to college? Uh, I went to the University of Vermont. I played soccer there. I was blessed and fortunate to have a scholarship. So that, that really helped, you know, financially. I was there for four years. And then I took uh, one year off. I took a gap year. I'm very proud of my gap year. I brag on my gap year all the time mm-hmm. because it just just allowed me to, you know, really figure out what I wanted to do and enjoy my time before I threw everything into into dental school. During during that year, I, you know, studied for my, my DAT, which is the admission test, and went through the application process, took some interviews, and eventually ended up uh, being accepted to uh, Howard University College of Dentistry. Nice. And Shannon and Dom, what were your majors in undergrad? My major in undergrad was molecular and microbiology. Um, we didn't have a pre-med or a pre-dent track. That was the track that everyone studied if you were planning to go to professional school. For me, it was uh, biological sciences is what I majored in and I minored in chemistry. And I had no plan B in regards to like, if I didn't get into dental school, I had no idea what I was going to do. So then you guys both started at Howard or we, we started at Howard. That was what, summer of 2010? Yep. Oh my God. Uh, great memories were formed. <laughs> yeah. How how was your guys' experience at Howard? Um, I I loved Howard. I know a lot of people have different opinions about their experiences. Kind of being in this bubble of black excellence, and you're feeding off of the energy of your classmates or friends that you make in other uh, professional schools within the university. I think iron sharpens iron. You, you're striving to be better because the person next to you is also black or brown and they're doing better. For me, I had a good experience. I had a memorable experience. You know, going through our program, we always thought that we were being being treated hard or being treated unfairly um, by, you know, faculty and stuff like that. But, you know, you get out, you talk to other people who have graduated from uh, other schools and you realize that, you know, every program has their challenges and their difficulties, but we appreciate all the lessons that Howard taught us, not just like skills from, from being a dentist, but like life lessons and how to adapt and uh, make things happen. Mm-hmm. Maybe when you don't have all the proper resources. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I mean, the, the environment at Howard was so incredible between yeah. the schools of dentistry, pharmacy, Obviously, the School of Medicine, we we pretty much shared a building. Um, so yeah, being able to interact with each other was inspirational and, and supportive. Uh, one of the important things about Howard University College of Dentistry was that your paths converged and you two met each other for the first time, I assume. <laughs> yep, yeah, absolutely, first time. So when exactly did you guys go from like, I don't know, meeting each other to actually hanging out and, and what was mm-hmm. their spark formed? Uh, yeah, you want to take that one? Or? Sure. Okay. So midway through dental school, this would be the summer of 2012. Uh, 
between our second and third years of dental school, Dominic and I started hanging out first as friends and then it evolved into uh, a more romantic relationship. I'm trying to, to word this and not be. <laughs> um, I was coming out of a relationship and I, I really wasn't looking to get into anything and he yeah. saw just, a window. Yeah. <laughs> and he climbed, climbed right, right through that yeah. window. I'm very, I'm a very charming individual. He is very charming. <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah. No, it was just, it was um, very organic and it happened like very naturally. There wasn't, you know, uh, any resistance on like either party. It was just very natural and kind of, kind of just happened. We started hanging out more towards the end of uh, our second year mm-hmm. in school. And then um, we went, we went up to Caravana in Toronto. Right. Mm-hmm. And, and you know that was that was it after that music after that I, I, I knew because right. i love soca music so what <laughs> once i found out shannon was down with like the Caribbean culture i was like okay this is a wrap it's all good <laughs> awesome it's a beautiful uh beautiful story and, and i'm sure there's so many stories of how we're bringing such amazing uh couples and people together you guys are, are great people and, and i'm so happy seeing you two together well yeah. thank you yeah, yeah we're, we're very grateful for howard and dental degrees aside like the the biggest thing that we i think we both got from howard was that like we found each other and we're very grateful to howard for that if anything all of the relationships uh, and friendships yeah absolutely yeah and and for a couple years i did get my teeth cleaned at howard you know one of your classmates was my my dentist so and gosh i don't want to i guess i'll say this part um <laughs> so for four years in residency i did mm. not go to the dentist um i didn't oh, really okay. know what was going on in my mouth i just knew like one of the mm. student dentists from from howard had worked on my teeth so i didn't know what what, what i was working with yeah i got you i got you about a year and a half ago i finally went to the dentist and they looked at my mouth and everything was great and they're like oh you had really good dental work done and it was a relief so kudos to howard mm. university college of dentistry there you go. All right. Whew. I can breathe. I thought I thought the story was going to go another way. So uh, that's good. <laughs> I, w- I will say, you know, the hygienist, she heard I hadn't been to the dentist in four years. And she was like, oh, my God, I don't know if I have time for this today, which I felt a little insulted. Oh, really? That happened at, at the school or? No. This this is, uh, yeah, this is at my new job. This is after four years. Oh, 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 okay. All right. And so the she was upset. She told me that I brushed my teeth too hard. Oh really? That, that did, was her did you feedback. have like uh, did you have like some gum reception or something? Uh, I mean, I, I don't know. She was just like, "Oh, do you brush your teeth hard?" I'm like, "Well, yeah, I brush, I brush my teeth. Can we focus on that?" Yeah, but, that's like the go-to, you know, conversation starter, I guess. Yeah, she said, <laughs> "It's uh, always like use a water. Pick. You brush your teeth too hard, or or do you floss? There you go, or do you floss? That was like the go-to, you know, talking yeah. point. <laughs> Can't win. Um, so when you come out of dental school, there are a couple of options for fellowships. Can you discuss a couple of those? After dental school, you know, you can choose to do like um, a residency or specialize and narrow your practice into a certain field of dentistry. Uh, there's different ones. Um, you can be like oral surgeon, which is uh, surgery based, a lot of extractions, uh, like full mouth reconstruction, dealing with trauma. Uh, their, their programs are more like hospital based. And then you, or you can do something like uh, an endodontist, which you know, specializes in treating root canals. 
and diseases of the nerves of teeth. Uh, there's also orthodontics, that's braces. I know a lot of us have experience with that. Uh, periodontics, uh, that's dealing with the gums, the bones that support your teeth, and uh, sometimes placing implants. Prosthodontists, that's another uh, complex full mouth reconstruction cases involving like missing teeth, placing implants, dentures, dentures a lot of crowns, bridges. And then pediatric dentistry, um, which specializes in working with children. And I have a lot of respect for yeah. pediatric dentists. God bless mm -hmm. pediatrics in, gen in general. Yeah. All pediatrics. That's true. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, so a, a lot then, of uh, options that are out there. Yeah, absolutely. And then, so those are like um, specialists. And then as, as a general dentist, you can, you can still do some of those, those things that specialists do but maybe more complex cases, you, you would then send off to the specialist. So mm -hmm. although a general dentist will do, you know, root canals, uh, very complex root canals, maybe root canals of the upper back teeth where they're like multiple rooted teeth with, you know, a lot of curves and stuff, maybe we'll send those to the specialist. Okay, yeah, that makes a lot of sense. You both have been in practice for what, going on six years? Um, we actually both did a year of advanced general practice training. So. Yeah, five, five, six years. Yeah. yeah, five or six. Five, six years. Yep. You've been working in, in the associate model, but you're planning on making moves into a different type of practice and a different practice model. Can you, you tell us a little bit about that? Uh, absolutely. So, um, as you were saying, you know, we're currently associates, which means that we um, work for, for someone else. So, we work for a, for a company. Uh, and we are transitioning into becoming uh, practice owners, which means that we will own our practice. We'd make all the decisions, both, you know, the financial decisions and the clinical decisions. And more importantly, um, the, the decisions of, you know, where our practice is going and the overall vision for our practice. So we're basically be a, sm a small business owner and uh, work for ourselves. When did you start that process? So we started this process last year i think it was last september we no, hired a consultant yeah so um we started this project last year the process typically can take anywhere between 12 to 18 months we're doing a startup which means that we're building a practice from scratch uh, so that typically takes a little bit longer about 12 to 18 months whereas if you would um, buy an existing practice from someone you can close on a practice a lot quicker maybe within a few months, maybe, like, I don't know, three to six months, you can kind of close on the practice and take ownership of that practice. Geez, so you guys are building one from the ground up. So that, that involves, I guess that consultant, that consultant will help you find a location and, and or what all do they do? Yeah, so ground up and the consultant that we're using, they kind of walk us through everything. Um, we always have final say and we have, you know, 100% control in, in the direction that it goes. But, you know, as I was saying, the first thing we do with the consultant is talk about, you know, the vision of our practice, um, how we want to practice, you know, our ideal, our ideal patient, where we want to practice. Uh, once we figure that out, then, you know, as always, you got to go find the money. So you source funds from uh, different banks. Uh, once you get approved for a loan, then you go ahead and narrow down where you want to practice by getting demographic reports to see if those areas can sustain a new uh, dentist coming to the area. 
and there's certain ratios that you want to look for for mm -hmm. provider to patient ratios uh, that show you that the market is not like saturated once you find your area where you want to be then you actually go and look for the space so you can either lease the space or you can go ahead and purchase the real estate uh, there's pros and cons to doing it each way we we decided to to lease our space and that's mo more so because of the inventory that was around and also you get some uh, help from the, the landlords in regards to like tenant improvement funds which helps you to actually build out your space mm -hmm. so that's a big help once you find your space you want to design the uh, the floor plan which is basically how your office will be laid out with different operatories uh, where your you know guest lounge will be where your staff lounge will be different design features do you want TVs in front of the chairs and all that good stuff once you have your floor plan, then you, then you go look for equipment. So you decide what type of equipment you want, what type of chairs you want. If you want to do, you know, 3D scanning with CT scans, do you want to do digital impressions? And that's like kind of the fun part where you're basically just like shopping. And then once you have all that in place, you actually start to build out your space. So you do construction. So right now we're in the permitting stage, uh, which is right before construction. So we submitted permits to the county to say, we're going to go ahead and you know build the dental office. These are our architectural drawings. These are um, MEPs, which are like your mechanical, electrical, and plumbing drawings and designs. And then once those are approved, then we jump into into the construction phase. So that's where we are right now. And then after that, you know, it's marketing your practice, which is huge, installing the equipment, and then making sure everything's running well, and hiring your staff, and uh, training your staff, getting systems in place. And then hopefully seeing patients and uh, making some money. <laughs> yeah. And it, that is incredible um, and definitely sounds doable the way you break it down. I mean, when you, when you step back and say, I'm going to own my own dental practice, that's a very formidable task in my mind. But it's incredible that you guys are making it happen and, and bringing this project to fruition. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I, the, it's a testament to, you know, who we're working with as well. Because you, you can do this on your own, but there's a lot of, you know, steps involved. And what we were finding is that if you make a misstep early on, it just kind of snowballs on itself. And you mm -hmm. may not catch the mistake till later on when it's, you know, more expensive to fix or it takes a longer time to kind of come back from that mistake. So we're just trying to minimize the amount of corrections we have to do. But I mean, at the, at the end of the day, when you're, uh, practice owner, a business owner, you know, you're, you're going to go, you're going to learn a lot and there's going to be things that you do maybe a way that you wish you hadn't have done, but as long as you learn from them and know how to pivot and, you know, get back on track, I think that's the the most important thing. You know, you, you never fail as long as you don't give up. So, yeah. And uh, I assume in your current model, you sign a contract or there's, there's an employment contract with your dental group. Yes. Um, so the contract usually outlines uh, your pay, if you have a restrictive covenant, if and when you decide to leave the company, usually the contract is renewed annually. And then we also have um, an annual review just so that management can uh, discuss any concerns they have, areas for improvement. I guess it's kind of like any other job yeah. for the most part. And, and I'll just add to that. Um, in, in those contracts, there's actually a non-compete clause. So it basically says you can't open a practice with, within a certain 
uh, radius of where you're work where you're currently working for them. So that also plays a role in for a certain amount of time. It's usually like two years, I think. Right, and that's so that you can't poach patients, or just you can't compete with them. Not necessarily poach patients, but less competition for them. <laughs> if once once you mentioned that, I was reading a book recently called Power Moves. It's by Dr. Bonnie Simpson Mason. She does a lot of work educating healthcare professionals on how to work with a contract. Because they mentioned that the non compete could relationship to each of those different practice locations that a company has uh yes absolutely it could so one of the one of the ways you can protect yourself when you're signing a contract is to number one you know obviously cliche but have a lawyer look at it but it's true have a lawyer look at your contract but there's some verbiage that you can put in there and the some of the verbiage that you can use is something along the lines of you know you can't open a practice within X amount of miles from any office where where you work on average like more than two days a week or something like that gotcha. or more than one day a week. So what that does is it says just because I'm part of you know XY Dental doesn't mean that I can't open a practice close to any XY Dental. I can only open I can't open a practice around the XY Dental that I work at. So there's some verbiage you can put in your contracts to protect yourself. And, you know, uh, a lawyer could guide you a little bit better, but there's definitely verbiage that you should have in your contract. Are you ready to share the name of your new practice? Oh, absolutely. Go ahead, babe. <laughs> <laughs> so our new practice is called Toothsome Dental. Uh, Toothsome is actually a word. It means attractive or appealing. So yeah, it happened to work out because we do want our patients to feel attractive and appealing when they leave. And we want them to be happy, lifelong patients of our practice. Mm -hmm. Yep. So yeah, that's our, that's our practice. We chose that name because we didn't want it tied to a specific um, geographic region. Because like Maryland Dental, just say or something like that, um, or a city. Uh, we didn't want it to only make sense in a certain area. Um, and this goes back to vision, looking down the road uh, for, you know, if and when we decide to uh, expand or grow, uh, we'll have a name and a brand that can, you know, transcend borders. Uh, so that's the uh, the reason behind um, a name like that. Yeah. So tell us what area will you be working? What type of patients are you looking for? And what are you going to offer these patients? We're going to continue working in Southern Maryland. Right now, we're focusing on Charles County in Waldorf. Patients we're looking for are young professionals, families, patients that are interested in replacing teeth, pretty much patients that are motivated and they're concerned about their dental health. We want to build a rapport. We want patients to feel like they're active members of our dental family. We want to be active in the community surrounding our practice. Um, we kind of want to be a pillar in the community and find ways to give back. We also want, you know, to mentor and help other people that look like us so that just like my experience, they feel like mm -hmm. this is a goal that is attainable. And, and how long have you been in that community? So we we practice in Southern Maryland right now. Dominic has been at the um, company that we work for for five years. Um, I've been there for three and a half. Perfect. 
Perfect. So you've already invested into that group and you're going to invest further as you open your own practice and can uh, tune in and focus that care. Uh, yep, absolutely. We, we, we have the opportunity to, um, to buy into the practice we're working at right now. Uh, we were, we were close, but you know, we just did some soul searching and um, really thought about, you know, where we wanted our careers to go. And we decided to, to bet on ourselves. I love it. Uh, I'm, I'm betting on you guys too. When can people expect to see you open and, and come in and start their, uh, start receiving care from you? We're hoping to have our office up and running um, late October, early November of this year. Incredible. Well, that guys, definitely keep an eye out for Toothsome Dental. Did I say it right? Yep, absolutely. Yep, Toothsome yeah, Dental. Right. And we're on uh, Facebook now. Uh, Instagram. And Instagram, at Toothsome Dental. And Twitter. And Twitter. <laughs> All the social medias. And our, our website is toothsomedental.com and uh, we should have a, a, a temporary website up pretty soon because uh, we're entering our marketing phase right now so we'll definitely keep an eye out for that so doctors uh, Chapman what would you tell kids that are interested in dentistry or anybody for that matter that's interested if you are interested in dentistry whether you have a dentist that you see regularly or you just want to get more information. I know there are a lot of dentists that are open to mentoring. The whole each one teach one is really big and a lot of people go far in our field uh, just because they have that support. Um, if you're interested in shadowing, I know there are a lot of dentists. All you have to do is ask and they're more than willing to have you come in. Yep, absolutely. We, we appreciate this platform. Thank you for, for having us on. Uh, we'll Thank definitely be following along with you know your your podcast and, and your journey as well uh, because it is inspirational. All right. Well, Dr. Shannon and Dominic Chapman, thank you so much for coming on the Black Doctors Podcast and sharing with us what it's like to be a dentist and to be an entrepreneur and practice owner. Be before you go, tell us one more time the name of your practice and and where we can find you. Toothsome Dental in Waldorf, Maryland. Thank you again for having us and stay safe. Yeah, thank you. Stay safe, everyone. Appreciate it, Stephen. Thanks. We'll catch you next time. The Black Doctors Podcast is a nonprofit volunteer passion project with the goal of inspiring all who listen. Tune in next week for another episode of the Black Doctors Podcast with Dr. Stephen Bradley, your friendly neighborhood anesthesiologist.